Just a uh, quick thank you for a couple of reviews that we just discovered on iTunes. Uh, if you can leave us a review on the iTunes or podcast app, we'd love it. First one from Great Britain. Guys, we really appreciate this. So banter between friends discussing big ideas. She sounds hot. <laughs> I reckon it's a bloke. NWJ Lions. Yeah. I enjoy the banter between the hosts and the helpful synopsis of the books they review. I've bought the Mini Habits book based on their review. So mm. unreal. Fucking, we both love that book and... Yeah, hopefully you install a few mini habits. We got another one from France. Uh, nice quality. Uh, avis de utilisateurs. What do you reckon that means? We should have looked that up before we. Yeah. But she says, see du olia. Maybe it's a do, maybe it's a cheek, I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, nice quality. These podcasts are useful for me to improve my English with actualities. Good job. Do you reckon that means facts or lessons or something? Yeah, I think so. Mate, our English is probably not, not the best, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think so. No, appreciate the reviews. Yeah. Um, cheers. Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. My name is Adam Jones. Today we're reviewing a book called The Millionaire Fast Lane. Crack the code of wealth and live rich for a lifetime. Mate, it's a big, uh, big title, big cover. Mate, when I, when I first saw the title of this, I thought, this is going to be fucking shit. Yeah. I, was always, I thought it was a disgusting looking book. The front of it looks bad. Everything looks horrible. But then... Mate, you were putting it off. I told you we should do it and you didn't ever want to do it. No, I didn't. It's just the title looks like a get rich quick kind of scheme kind of thing. Well, it is. Well, it's get rich quick, but it's not, not easy. Rich. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's one road and there's a lot of truth in there. And I think there's... It was like a punch in the face kind of book. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> mate! I haven't been punched in the face by a book in a long time. So, <laughs> mate, I, so so it was good. I thought it was yeah, really fucking good, a really good book. Yeah. So yeah, I'd agree. I um yeah, uh, it was probably one of the first ten books I read, and it's been in my top ten ever since. And it's just like uh, it's a yeah, it's an eye opener. It's a face puncher. Yeah, as you put it. So yeah, it's a different, obviously a different kind of book. And so what? This guy, MJ DeMarco, says is he doesn't need to sell books. Like he says a lot of the gurus out there, they're selling this, you know, this roadmap to wealth, which really doesn't work. Whereas mm. what MJ DeMarco sells is his way, he's done it, and uh, yeah, he believes in it. So Yeah, so as we sort of said at the top, it's about get rich quick. There's no such thing as get rich easy. He said there's never a get rich easy. And if someone says, oh, it's get rich easy, then it's probably a scam. Mm. But... The get rich quick is in uh, juxtaposition to get rich slow, and that get rich slow is you know work a job on the average wage, save ten percent, invest in the stock market. The stock market gets an average rate of you know eight percent return each year, compounded over fifty years, and you'll be rich when you're old. Yeah, when you're sixty five, and that's the problem yeah, with MJ. Yeah. Is like you, yeah, it's you get your money and you finally get rich, and there's actually a high failure rate of that as well. But anyway, yeah. we'll get into that. But yeah, you're sixty five, and you, and your best years of your life are over. Yeah. And he sort of yeah, you're in, he said he calls it wealth in a wheelchair. So he says you might get rich if you live long enough to see it, or but there's plenty of things that could go wrong in between. The stock market could crash, you lose your job, yep. all these things, and yeah. But yeah, at the same time, he says if people would get rich young, they think they're either people assume they're either you know maybe uh, bas- rich basketball players or they're um, singers or actors or entertainers or some kind of famous person that's got rich young that yep. way, but not true either. Yeah, so that's a kind of a segue into part one of the book, which is wealth in a wheelchair. So get rich slow is get rich old. Yeah, which I guess you kind of covered. But he says uh, the guy on Cribs, who's like you know the 
yeah. usually the African American guy with bling bling on his neck <laughs> says, "Yo, dog, I got this Ferrari F four three zero. Got rich chilling in mutual funds and popping that fat money in my four hundred one k, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> I had a bit for emphasis, but, but people in the people who are just put money in there and follow that path you were saying the 10% a year and put money in the 401k they're really not that well off and financially free are they no nah, you said there's never been you know the the 26 year old millionaire who got rich because he invested in in super and and stuff yeah slowly uh by working his job at Macca's. that's right so yeah we'll get into our should we get into the the uh the actual roadmaps uh yeah yeah so the, he gives there's three different roadmaps and the first one is the sidewalk, and that's basically poorness. And essentially, if you're on the sidewalk, you know, you're basically living paycheck to paycheck. You're one something away from broke. You're either one, um, you know, one paycheck away from broke or one album away from broke. He says, so it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can still be on the sidewalk by spending more than you earn. Yeah, so no matter what your income is, your ex- expenses always exceed it. Yeah. And he says this is the road most traveled. Yeah, he calls it the financial treadmill because you just keep... Keep um, you can never catch up, sort of. You never get in front. Yep. So some of the beliefs that people in this lane might have is like debt, credit allows me to buy things now. Their income is they go for whatever pays them most. Yep. Uh, money, if you got it, flaunt it. Life, live today and fuck tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> um, put faith into politicians to change the system. You lose money on get rich quick schemes. Yeah. A person under and this is the the crazy part. And this is what just shows how, you know, everyone's on this kind of path. A person under 55 is 57% likely to have no net worth or negative net worth yeah. <laughs> in the US. That's yeah, pretty that's scary, isn't it? And he said, like, something like the average was the average net worth was, like, $13,000, including a house. Yeah. So, I guess the road most traveled is, is not really working for most people. Yeah. And then he says, so, say if you're a bit older and you realize maybe you don't have much net worth, is like, why would something that you have tried for 5, 10, 20 years suddenly start working? Mm. So, this traditional path isn't really working if you if wealth is your goal. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, I think uh, society's definition of wealth is something that MJ questions as well. You know, lots of money, big houses, flashy cars, whereas MJ says that uh, wealth is more about the three Fs, family, fitness, and freedom. Because he says you need your health, obviously, otherwise your um, life's not too good. You're definitely not wealthy. Mm. You need the freedom. You need that choice. Um, and that's sort of where the real wealth comes from is being free from bosses, free from alarm clocks, free from pressures, yep. and family, friends, relationships is a third uh, of yep. the triangle of wealth, I guess. That's right. So he's, he's all about not being normal, so just going against the grain because normal at the moment is modern-day slavery, Waking yeah. up fight, fighting traffic, working for eight hours, saving 10% for 50 years, believing that the stock market will make you rich. It's just basically trading all your precious time yeah. on earth away. Because he says it's, and a lot of people we listen to, it is your most valuable asset. And if mm. you're just trading your time for money, then you're on this slow lane, which is really... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mate. You time. said that MJ goes everything that's not normal. Because he says normal is modern day slavery. This yeah. is this servitude. It's the antithesis of freedom. It's... This, uh, this constant consumerism is um, our obstacle to happiness. Mm. And, it's, and it's all about being reactive and uh, not in control. So a sidewalker might say, they laid me off or they changed the terms and mm. conditions. They didn't tell me this. They raised the rent. They raised my interest rate. It's all about mm. other people doing something to them and them not having control of their own, their own future and their own lives. Yeah, nice. And these people <coughs> in the, um, 
People on the sidewalk view people on the, the fast lane as these lucky rich bastards. Mm. And he says that people on the side uh, the sidewalk think wealth is an event rather than a process. You know, they might their wealth might be winning the lottery as this one-off event where they get lots of money and that might be wealth because they can buy lots of stuff. But he says that while sidewalk people see it as luck as this one-off event, the the rich, the real rich and wealthy people see it. You know, they've engaged in action. They've increased their probability, and it's been a process over, you know, a few years yep. building that wealth. Yeah, and that's the key thing. It might appear like it's a really, you know, get rich easy and quick kind of thing, but it's not. These people have probably been at it for a long time, had a lot mm. of a lot of failures, yeah. and then finally had one that clicked yeah. and uh, worked. So he says with, with um, advertisements to these sidewalkers, it's always, if you can advertisements, get the loan you deserve. Be in an accident, get the money you deserve. You deserve, <laughs> yeah. you know, and... Mm. And so on. So, yeah. Uh, anything else on the sidewalk? Part four, mediocrity, the slow lane roadmap. So the sidewalk, he says, was sacrificing tomorrow by never having any money or spending everything you've got, whereas the slow lane is what um, most people preach, uh, and he says that's sacrificing today because, mm. you know, you're going to skimp you know, find the cheap deals, buy the things that are on special, you know, maybe cut out the lattes and... and Work the third, second and third jobs and all yeah. that. So you might work all weekend and then trade all your, your time throughout the year. And But you're eventually, you're saving money. To, so you've got financial goals and you're, and you're getting there, but they're, they're getting there slowly. You're never going to get to the point or you will, let, you know, too late in your life where you yeah. can start just start doing what you want with your own time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this slow lane is this frugal mindset um, where we're just, yeah. yeah. So we're sacrificing today in hope of a better better tomorrow. So with their time perception, time is abundant and I'll trade my time for money. Uh, the more I pay off debt and mm. the more I save, the more money I'll have at the age of 65. Wealth yeah. perception is work, save, invest. And the destination or the end goal is a comfortable retirement in their twilight years. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's a really good story in the book, which was a bit of a punch in the face, I thought, was, <laughs> have you sold your soul for a weekend? So, mm. <clears throat> in 2007, there was this dude called Joshua Bell, one of the greatest musicians in the world, who a few nights earlier, he played to a sold-out hall in Boston for over 100 bucks a ticket, tens of thousands of people in the crowd. He was, he was the absolute man. So, a few days later, though, he played his violin in Washington, D.C. train station in the midst of the morning commuter rush. And, you know, thousands of people <laughs> pass him, the best violinists on the planet, on their way to work, and no one stopped. Oh, sorry, six people stopped briefly, 20 gave money, and then continued walking in a brisk pace. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, not even the greatest musician in the world can illuminate the blinding depths of the rat race and those entrenched by its indifference. So, <laughs> Mate, it's so true. Life does not begin on a Friday night and end on a Monday morning. Mate, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, he says it, it uh, mate. No, that, that, well, that was it, yeah. <laughs> but, mate, I just know when I was uh, working at a big corporate job in the city, mate, I just remember every Friday, people would literally be running to the train station to get oh. home. Mate, you said there was a train was cancelled one day and people almost cried, didn't you? Last night. No, it, was, it wasn't even cancelled. It was five minutes late. So it was like anyone in Melbourne, I was just at um, you know, Flinders Street and it was like yeah. 5.30 or whatever. And I, I just saw a chick almost cried. It was like the, the, the dude next to her farted or something. <laughs> her face was just repulsed. Mate, people would do anything to get out of the city on a Friday night. Yeah, it's crazy. But, um, basically, uh, MJ is saying that this 
You know, this the slow lane is working five days a week for a two day a week uh, weekend. Yeah. And so it's, that five for two trade is no good. He says if if someone said give me five bucks and in a few days I'll give you two bucks back, you wouldn't mm-hmm. take the deal, would you? Yeah. I love his language. He calls it prostitution. Of, <laughs> so you're prostituting your Monday through Friday for the reason uh, for your Saturday and Sunday. And that's the reason, thank God, it, Friday exists. Yeah, TGIF. Yeah. So, yeah, he was MJ and his mate were sitting there on a bar and, you know, they were just like looking around on a Friday like, why the hell is everyone so excited? You know, mm. this the place will be dead on a Monday. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah, and that's what he, he says that, you know, people... If one time his mate said, oh, let's go out... For Friday night drinks, and he said, "Oh no, I don't want to go out tonight." And they're like, yeah. "What do you mean it's Friday?" But MJ says every every Friday night, every night's Friday night for him because, uh, yeah, he's not in the in the slow lane. Mate, there'll be parts of this book I think where the listeners might um, turn off. But that's <laughs> that's okay. I, I think I think there was a, a you know maybe not even that long ago I probably would have not liked hearing this kind of shit. But the next mm. part was like the criminal trade, mm. your job. Mm. So he says it's it's kind of like a big illusion that. You need, I don't know, the whole rat race and work and everything like that. Yeah. You know, that you're eventually going to get wealthy, but you really are trading your time. And he says, you know, you you got to get rid of the fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> Dump the damn job. If you want to escape the slow lane, find wealth and freedom fast, you have to jump the job. Yeah. Damp, dump the damn job with yeah. emphasis. Yeah, that's, that's true, mate. So there's... Uh, Mate, I like the quote at the start of this section here. He says, it's by Robert Frost. He says, by faithfully working eight hours a day, you may eventually get to be the boss and work 12 hours a day. That's yeah. <laughs> not, not a good trade. Mate, a lot of the big, the best case scenarios in corporate, if you look around, so the best case scenario is maybe the big dog yep. director of the company or the CEO, and you look at them, they're still trading 12 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Their eyes are wrinkled. They probably don't have a good relationship with their family mm. and so on. Basically, the, so the... MJ used a lot of mathematical uh, reasons as well. So he says that a job is limited leverage and limited control. So because the leverage, because you're always trading time for money, you can't remove, if you don't work, if you don't go to work, you don't get paid. So you don't have that leverage over time and you don't have the control either because you're always uh, under the control of the boss or the company or the, the job. Mm. So the slow lane, so the... A slow lane might say something about an MBA that it's you know a great investment. So they might spend forty four thousand dollars and eight hundred hours, but they will justify it is worth it because they're increasing their mm. intrinsic value and they'll forget completely about the eight hundred hours they spent. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mate. Just like the uh, basically the the slow lane is betting on time and and hope. Mm. You're hoping that the market. Uh, returns what it does. You're hoping that the, you always have a job. You're hoping that you get the pay rise. You're waiting for the time. You're waiting for that 50-year compound interest. Yeah. Um, and hope and time is not not a not a good strategy. So just on the slow lane, the, the as we we kind of mentioned at the start, but like some of the best-selling financial books are in this sector about the slow lane. But what he says is mm. these people are selling these mm. slow lane strategies, which is like you know. Saving your money and investing and putting it into different, you know, groups and and things like that. I don't want to be too uh, <laughs> on, a, on a previous interview we had. <laughs> but he says you got to think like, did these people get rich with the path they're selling, mm. or or are they on the fast lane? Yeah. Um, using fast lane strategies and selling yeah. selling the slow lane to slow laners. Yeah, that makes it. sense. Yeah, correct. Do I kind that's of cook it? No, no. You, basically, you're saying are they the people like some of the books we've done? Are they 
have they made their money from the reasons that they're talking through the books, as in you know long-term stock market investing and investing in property, or have they made their money from from book sales, mm. telling people to do something and doing something else? Yeah. Yes. Wait. So that's yeah. Next one's part five. So you. We're Here we co- go. We're kind of ditched, we ditched everyone at the moment. <laughs> if anyone's sidewalkers in your slow lane, you <laughs> probably are quiet out there. <laughs> Mate, so what's that's the, why it was a punch in the face. I it think. is a punch in the face. It's a yeah. punch. Um, basically, well, so the slow lane, they're, they're trading five days for two. The fast lane, you might have to initially trade seven for zero, but in the hope that one day you'll trade zero for seven. Yeah, but you're so. spending your time on more important things in his definition of it yeah. as well. So the big, the big, yeah, the fast lane's where we want to be, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he says this is wealth shortcut. He said you can either, you can get rich young or you can get rich old and risk death along the way. Mm-hmm. But it's all about control and leverage. Yeah, and I think of, um, so... In terms of stats, what he goes through, so the sidewalk, if you can get wealthy, it's one in six, one in six million of winning tax load, which is yep. ten million. <laughs> yep. If you're in the slow lane, your first prize odds, prize odds of winning, you know, your five hundred thousand dollar investment is one in six in forty years. Yeah. So we actually got that uh, stat somewhere in the book. On, um, there was a survey in two thousand two found that sixty sixty nine percent of people said they would need to work past retirement age. Yeah. So they obviously didn't even reach the goal on the slow lane. Mate, because that's it. There's not you don't hear about every single person who reaches 65 becomes a multimillionaire yeah. when they hit that. And then the next one is a year earlier. 45 percent said they would need to work in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. So he says that the the slow lane failure rate is 70 percent, and not only the failure rate of 70 percent, it's what they've traded in in, in pursuit of that. And mate, the the government keeps putting the legal retirement age up. Yep. So I think in Oz, I think it's maybe 67 now, up from 65, and it's going up and up. And I think the reason is, yes, people are living longer, but mainly because people are running out of money and the government has to then support them mm. in retirement. That's right. And then so they need them to work as long as mate, possible. it's not going to get any better. Than, uh, pretty much every country is in a lot of debt right now, and I don't yeah. know if they can support all the baby boomers coming through, yeah, but that's a bit of our opinion, which we avoid. <laughs> and the next was the fast lane odds, which is you know the, the chance of winning $10 million in six years, he yep. says he's like fourteen percent chance. So it's comparable to the yep. slow lane chances, but you get it earlier. Yeah, and yeah, and much oh, better. Yeah, basically, uh, fast lane is code for entrepreneurship, essentially. Yeah, taking these risks, putting in a lot of time and effort, trying to build something um, with that control and leverage. A business that you control and leverage, removing time from the equation. Yeah. So the yeah, as you said, the main difference a fast lane is a business system. The slow lane is a job. Yep, that's yep. pretty much it, yeah. That's it. And so the reason, so the wealth from uh, the sidewalk, just to recap, the wealth from the sidewalk was basically income plus credit cards. <laughs> yeah. The wealth from the slow lane was the job plus the uh, compound interest of the stock market, whereas the wealth from the fast lane is net profit plus asset value. So each year making a net profit, of um, the business and then the asset value builds as well in that one day you'll be able to sell. You're building this asset that you can sell one day. Yeah. And that, it's not a huge step-by-step book, but it, in some parts, I guess, there are a few takeaways. But uh, So you get to switch teams and playbooks. If you're on the slow lane listening, you get to get onto the other side. And what yeah. that means is instead of borrowing money, you lend it. Instead of taking a class, you offer a class. Instead of taking a job, hire for jobs. So you get a break free from consumption yep. and switch sides and reorient, reorient to the world as a producer, mm-hmm. not a consumer. Yep, spot on. Yep. Spot on. Mate, he also says that 
you know, if your your parents probably said at one time or other, you've asked your parents to buy something, and they said, oh, money doesn't grow on trees. Mm. Uh, but he's saying, well, it does. I can build a money tree. Build a money tree. <laughs> build a money tree that's <laughs> going to keep throwing off money. So, yeah, there's. Uh, we'll, we'll briefly go through it and buy the book if you guys want to um, learn a bit more about it. But there's five different seeds to a money mm. tree. So these are kind of business systems that can grow uh, bigger than yourself and you can kind of divorce your own time from it yep. and it can grow off and you can just get a passive income. So everything in the, in the book he suggests has the goal of passive income so then you can do whatever the fuck you want and play yep. video games and drive Lamborghinis. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and always, yeah, so it's passive income. So it takes a lot of work up front and then later on that's when you enjoy the, uh, the fruits of your labor of the money tree. So one type is a rental system. So that's essentially if you own an asset and you're charging somebody else rent to use it. Yeah. Number two is a computer or software systems, which is basically an internet business of some yep. sort. So it might be selling on Amazon and things like that. Yeah. And obviously, we know a lot of you know the story of someone's built a big internet company and IPO'd for millions or they're holding up to a billion-dollar valuation. Hmm. Um, number three is a content system. Maybe like a podcast, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> yeah, so podcasts, books, YouTube channels, things like that. Yeah. Seed four is a distribution system. And so that's essentially you being the middleman, yeah? Yeah. So it's if, you know, there's obviously the producers on one side, there's the consumers on one side. They need a way to link the two up. Mm. So that's a distribution. And then seed five is a human resource system. And he's not he's not a fan of that. No, maybe he's not, that. Is he? People don't like the title of his book, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But he says, yeah, unpredictable and difficult to manage. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, mate, I like this. Well, I, I thought it was funny. Recruit an army of freedom fighters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mate, Did you get that from, was that in um, oh, Richest Man in Babylon, wasn't it? Yeah, it talks about Sing using the, the children of your gold or to make more gold or something. Yeah, something, jiggling, like something about jiggling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> jiggling in the purse. Yeah. Well, he takes a piss out of uh, Mr. Double Dad as well, which is... Obviously, Robert yeah. Kiyosaki. He has, he has digs at Robert Kiyosaki a lot and network marketing. No, yeah, he, he hates network marketing. Kicks the ass Unless you make your own network marketing company, he loves that, which yeah. is good. That's fair enough. Hmm. But if you, he says if you build a network marketing company, that's good. But if you if you join one, that's yeah. no good. No good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so next was part six, your, your vehicle to wealth, which is you. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to get in the fast lane of entrepreneurship and business and all that, you got to take the steering wheel and take yourself in there and uh, take control of your life, essentially. Yeah, there's a lot of um, car metaphors, which I like. You know, the vehicle, you got the steering, mm, works the steering well. wheel, you got the windshield. But he says if you're in a job, then somebody owns you. So the first step is to own yourself, take control of the steering wheel, yep. take control of your vehicle. So he says if you retrace poverty's footprints, you'll find it always at the same place, and that is choice. Mm. So what, whatever choices you make is where you end up, and it's quite obvious isn't it so poor yeah, choices says, are the leading core of poorness yeah he says you're exactly where you chose to be yeah. if you're um overweight it's because at some point in the far past five years you've chosen unhealthy food over healthy food if you're poor it's because you've chosen to spend yeah. rather than create and he talks about like a, a choice kind of tree so and and your uh, horsepower of your choices erode with time so mm. if you're a bit younger the choices you make have a much bigger impact on your future than they do when you're older so mj says a simple choice he makes 20 years ago is still felt today and that's probably the same for everyone listening yeah and it's i think uh tony robbins uses the example if you fly from new uh, la to new york 
making a one degree change at the start of the journey will have a big impact in destination. Whereas if you're nearly there, making a one degree change won't have that much of an impact. Yeah, definitely. Next one was, which is very uncomfortable reading for a lot of people if the first time you hear it. Another probably a bunch of people might just drop off. <laughs> <laughs> but deodorized flatulent headwinds. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of flatulence out there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking oh. So he says at the start, um, so he says when you're in kindergarten, if you go into a kindergarten school with all these little kids and he asks the class how many people can sing and everyone will throw their hand up and yeah. get excited. But then 13 years later when they're in, in high school, you know, year 10 or whatever, if you ask the same question, only a few will go up. Yeah. So like what changed? Like between those times, why do these kids believe that they can sing and why can't they now? And that's... Yep. Uh, because no one told the kindergarten kids yet that they couldn't. Yeah. They didn't tell them otherwise. That's phenomenal. So that's what a flatulent headwind is. Those people who are saying you can't and just, uh, yeah. So who are the farts headwinds? (laughs) Who are what? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll just put that in there. But yeah, he's got five different things. Does he? He does. Okay, hit him with this. So number one is friends and family who just Mm -hmm. don't get it. Two, education institutions who spread slow lane dogma. Three, parents conditioned to believe wealth is for other people. Four, slow lane gurus, <laughs> big uh, double dad, <laughs> who claim your house is your best investment. Number five, I guess not, Rob. Your five is your environment. Yeah. So negative influences dark are dark clouds. Defend yourself or suffer the consequences. Yeah. I just found that section. <laughs> and, you know, your job's a headwind as well. So if you hate yeah. if you hate your job and it sucks the life out of you, then it's a headwind. Yeah. So the next step of the uh, car analogy is the, the fuel, which is time. Mm. So this is basically if you're... Obviously, if you're, um, if you're in the slow lane, you're using time over 40 or 50 years uh, as your sole source, you're trusting in time. But he says he shouldn't be trusting time. Like an example of he uses is that there was... Uh, you know, some fried chicken place put up a free coupon for a $6 bucket of chicken and everyone got the coupon and they went to this place, took them an hour to drive there. They stood in line for half an hour and then an hour to drive home. So basically they spent two and a half hours to save the six bucks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, there might be people, say, in, the, uh, in Australia with the Boxing Day sales. on. It's probably big mm. in the US and everywhere as well. But yeah, people go out there and maybe sleep at fucking 3 a.m. waiting for it to open for three yeah. hours just to save 20% on a T-shirt or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, obviously the average person or a lot of people out there don't value their time very well. So the average American watches more than four hours of TV each day. So in a 65-year life, that's nine years glued Jesus. to the tube. That's, that's massive. fucking crazy. That's massive. Show, show me someone who spends hours playing Mafia Wars or Farmville. I'll, I'll show you someone who isn't very successful. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> the references are about five years old there, but they still have relevance. I used Maybe. to play Farmville a little bit. Did I used you? to end up doing Mafia Wars. Uh, was that on MySpace? Yeah, something like that. But I, mate, I, got, I got sucked into Angry Birds and Candy Crush. Did you? Oh, big time. Mate. Big time. And Pokemon Go got sucked in. You fucking did. <laughs> got yeah, sucked you, in. You, you sucker. <laughs> mate, he says, um, uh, in terms of time, people say, oh, I don't have time to you know, do this. He says, yeah, it's because you're either in a job. Hmm. But you know, if, if people say, oh, you know, I don't know how you have time to do this or how can you afford the time to do this? He says, well, I can't afford not to. Yeah. Basically, if you yeah, if you just think, you know, watch TV or how can you afford to spend all this time building a rental system or a content system, but mm. 
in the long term. You don't have time not 100%. to. So he says the greatest theft of humanity is to act as if all time on this earth is infinite when it mm. isn't. So, yeah, we're all going to cark it. Yeah. We're all done. Mate, what section do you want to do next? Mate? Chapter 28. So I really like this. He says it's just all about, you know, if you're now and you're just listening to this and you're, you know, you're not, you don't feel like you're on the, what he describes as the fast lane. It's all about just getting out there and having a crack. And yep. he uses a bit of a baseball analogy at some stage. It's just getting onto the plate and just start swinging. Yep. And all you need to do is hit one home run. Yeah. So, you know, just bombard life with all your efforts and just, yeah, get stuck in. Yeah, that's it. Mate, people are they're either stuck on the bench, stuck in the dugout, or they're up at the plate taking a swing, mm. hoping one connects. And you're going to fear failure. It's normal. Your failure creates experience, and experience breeds wisdom. Yeah, he says here there's a big difference between interest and commitment. Interest is, you know, reading a book. Commitment is applying the book. Interest yep. is, you know, thinking you might build a website. Commitment is actually sticking to it and putting something up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, powerful stuff. As you say, there's no... um. The un- I guess the last, the only thing that he sort of says in terms of what to actually do, he says if you think about a business, it has to have need, uh, entry, control, scale, and time. But uh, in terms of, it's it's more just an eye-opener of if you're on the sidewalk or the slow lane, get into the fast lane. He doesn't say how to build a business. He just yeah. says, gets you the, to the point where you realize it. yeah, yeah, I need to. For me, this is, yeah, this trumps say it kind of does what rich dad, poor dad tried to do, but... I think in a much more truthful and a much more eye-opening and, and better kind of realistic kind of way. Would you yep. agree? I'd agree, mate. It's a so if you like, if, mate. It's actually ruined. He's actually ruined me in that I can't. I'm a, I'm one of the fucking worst employees there is, and <laughs> that I just I'm not employable. In that I can't sit there for eight hours a day and do shit that doesn't matter. So that was all for Thanks him. Thanks to this fucking book. Now you fucking planted the fucking seed for me. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he says somewhere in here that walk around the office is just a bunch of anonymous drones. Yeah. Is that this book? I think it was Seth Godin said that. Oh, man. was it? Yeah, <laughs> Seth Godin said that in our Purple Cow. But it's kind of true. If you like, I, I think, it, you know, I remember asking someone, like, it was a Monday, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, to Monday? Yeah. Like, Fuck. <laughs> you oh, know, man. you wouldn't have thought, like, you know, the improbability of us being here on earth kind of thing and all oh, this yeah. luck for everything to be where we are today and then people just take it for granted and um just waste their time on earth after all this fucking you know yeah incredible luck it's just it's just a shame isn't it but yeah not our listeners or the ones no. who got this far anyway yeah. <laughs> mate it's a it's a it's definitely a, probably an uncomfortable book to read i don't know if we've done it justice listening to it um but yeah, it's definitely worth the read if you if if there's a, a taste there that something's not quite right. Yep. I'd say get a grab book at the read and mate, we'll speak to the big man MJ yep. midweek. Yeah, spot on. All right, man. Down the lane, down fast lane, fast lane. Yeah. Gotta get out of the snow lane. Get off the sidewalk. Get into the fast lane. Take that wheel and drive your car. Clean the windshield. Get rid of those flatulence and change your oil. Get the fuel. Cause it's better. It's better out here in the fast lane. It's going insane in the fast lane. Gotta get out the slow lane. Fuck that lane, nigga. Fuck that lane. Don't work your job cause it's full of anonymous drones. 
Just invest 10% in the stock market for 40 years at 8% compound interest and you'll be a millionaire when you turn 75! But you'll be 75. Will you survive that long, motherfucker? Get in the fast lane. Fast lane! Get in the fast lane!